0: Welcome to another episode of No Butts About It, and I just moved the whole camera system. Re- we'll restart. Welcome to No Butts About It. I am your host, Josh Butts. I am here with none the other, none other than Stan the Jet Fan. We're, st- we're starting off with uh, some speaking issues. Uh. Stan is here in place of Chus. Chus couldn't make it. He's off in the big world at his internship with the Pittsburgh Penguins. And so uh, we got Stan the Jet fan, which is just as good as Chus, if not better. Um, so we're going to start off reacting to some of the games on Sunday. Uh, if you're looking for the Bengals game reaction against the Cardinals, I released a video already about that. And uh, I will also be on Joe Camo, the Cardinal rules live stream tonight at 9 PM. And we'll be talking about that game. So you can hear that there. But since Stan is the jet fan, let's hear. What did you have to say about that game? Zach Wilson kind of reverted back to himself a little bit. Um, But what did you like? What did you hate?
1: So, I mean, first, first of all, with Zach Wilson, um, and, and the team overall, I'd say I felt way more confident in the Jets after the loss to the Chiefs than after this win to the Broncos. So a uh, really weird feeling. You know, love winning. Everyone loves loves a good old win. But definitely felt a little bit less confident in the team. And, you know, I think, I think a lot of that came from the defense, especially in the first half. Our defense looked weird, to say the least. And I think it's something with the Jets overall this year where – every first half of the game our defense looks very average to below average and in the second half of the game we look like the best unit in the league i mean before this week we were the only defense to give zero touchdowns in any second half right the only defense in the entire league so really clutch defense now we ended up giving one touchdown this week um but i'll take that you know i mean at the end of the day that, that was going to happen eventually, and our defense still looked really elite. I think at one point in the second half, especially in that third quarter, uh, there was a stat. We went 12 plays, and uh, the Broncos had, I think, negative 16 or 17 yards, a really crazy stat like that. And that's 12 uh, plays, play-by-play, that they were having negative yardage for. Um, Russell Wilson did not look comfortable out there, got sacked, ended up getting a, you know, a fumble uh, when he was going for a run in the end. Uh, And that ended up being a scoop and score to win the game to guarantee us that dub there. Um, And I I actually don't think Zach Wilson looked too poor. I mean, he did have an interception. Uh, I don't know how many of the viewers saw that interception itself, but I don't think that was totally his fault. Was it the best pass he could have made? No, but was it, you know, a bad pass? No, it, it pretty much went through the receiver's hands and the defender got his hands on it. It was a really weird interception. And I don't think I fully blame him. I'd say he gets, he gets maybe 20% blame for that one. So I think Zach Wilson overall, I actually was very happy with this play. You know, he's making good decisions. He wasn't throwing a lot of stupid passes. And there was quite a few passes where I was like, wow, that is, that is the Zach Wilson from back when he was in college that I remember seeing. The Zach Wilson who a lot of people said should have gotten drafted first overall right so we saw we saw a lot of uh a good offense from zach wilson uh my last thing i want to touch on is i think the biggest issue might actually be with the coaches right now with this team i uh, would zach wilson for example you know he had so many third down conversions and the reason he had to make so many third down conversions was because pretty much every single uh drive looked like this two runs from the jets followed by a pass because we were like third and eight, third and seven every single time. Um, and the runs just weren't working out uh, as the first two. And it became so predictable. I think the Broncos had just a simple time, an easy time of decoding the the run, run, pass offense. So I'd like to see something more from Hackett, um, who, you know, was going up against a defense. He saw play all season last year. So he should have known better than to, to, to run this. I think Hackett might feel about a split with Zach Wilson as I am, where he still doesn't know if Zach Wilson is good or if he's just fluking. I think Hackett has to trust Zach Wilson and has to give Zach Wilson the type of plays he can make, um, which we saw against the Chiefs. But uh, it was a really weird game in that he did give Zach Wilson a lot of freedom, but the offense still looked really just stagnant with the run, run, and then a pass to save the day uh, being the entire game, really.
0: So – You brought up Nathaniel Hackett, offensive coordinator for the Jets now. Last year, he was the Broncos head coach. And the new Broncos head coach, Sean Payton, said Hackett's coaching job was one of the worst, if not the worst, ever done in NFL history. And it seemed like the Jets really wanted to go out and win this one for Hackett. Uh, How, as a fan, I don't know how tied you are to Hackett, but how did it feel to see the team kind of rally around Nathaniel Hackett. We saw them in the locker room. He got the game ball. Um, He was named a captain, an honorary captain for this game. How how did that feel as a fan of the Jets to see Nathaniel Hackett get this win over Sean Payton?
1: You know, no matter how much I criticize this coaching staff and this uh, ownership management of the team, I'd say right now in terms of my lifetime as a Jets fan – Um, We have the best locker room, the best, uh, you know, teammates, right? The best uh, leadership from this team that we've seen since pretty much the days of Revis and Mangold. I mean, it's been quite some time of bad ownership, bad management and bad coaching Uh, from this organization. And even though the ownership has changed, the new management and new coaching is doing a fantastic job of establishing a good culture. And I think what we saw here with the team rallying around Hackett, that's what you wanna see every time there's a little bit of beef going on. You wanna stick to your teammates, you wanna stick to your guys, you wanna stick to your coach. So I think it's a great sign that everyone's really rallying around Hackett. And I think Hackett did have a lot to prove going into this game. And quite frankly, I think despite having the stagnant offense, a win is a win right mm-hmm. uh he beat sean payton right and sean payton's having a terrible season i mean <laughs> I, I, I don't even know what sean payton's doing so uh there's a lot of questions with sean payton and despite having some decent uh you know running plays from from payton and his offensive scheme he did not do well against the jets so there's, there's a lot he has to question about himself moving forward I, mean, I think Sean Payton, I mean, he's made a lot of silly moves. Everyone remembers that, you know, the car he parked in front of uh, their their training camp, um, all the comments he made, coming in as this guy who I think he's paid more than all but four NFL players, right? So he has a lot riding on him, and he's not doing well. So Nathaniel Hackett, you know, getting paid a lot less than Sean Payton, but his team has more wins. So what does that say?
0: Yeah, it. I mean – Having this loss on top of the Dolphins' loss, uh, Sean Payton at one point said that Tua was going to be benched for Teddy Bridgewater and Tua would never make it as a starter in the NFL. And then Tua and Mike White and the Dolphins go out and put up 70 points on his Broncos team. So Sean Payton's having a lot of receipts cashed in this season. Um, You mentioned the run game was a little – iffy at times, but I think this is the best we've seen of Brees Hall. I mean, he had 22 rushing attempts, and he had 177 yards and a touchdown. That's phenomenal. That's the best I've seen of him. Was that exciting to see that he's not on that uh, limited count anymore?
1: Yeah, I should have been more specific. I really liked the run game. I thought it was effective. But the offensive scheme that Hackett pushed – Uh, Which throughout the second half was run, run, and then a pass. I think that was a bit silly. It was obviously it's very predictable. I mean, I was sitting here with some friends, uh, some friends who you know haven't really started watching football before the season, and even they, you know, they noticed that pattern there. And it was it was kind of goofy because they're all making jokes about it. How well I I wonder what the Jets are going to run on second down. I wonder what they're going to run on first down. You know, it's it was very predictable. Um, That being said, the running game did a really good job. I mean, Dalvin Cook, who's been just not himself this season, I think he really showed some some good plays this season. And he still seems to be struggling to read the field and find the holes, but he made a few breakthrough plays, and I really liked seeing that from him. Um, Brees Hall, of course, yeah. I mean, it's great to see him just running and and being free. We saw, I mean, that amazing touchdown from him, right? I mean, I think with Brees Hall, you're seeing him just – in, in an offensive scheme and in, in a line that's really knowing how to work with him. And you're seeing a lot of good work there. Uh, I just think in that second half of the game, it was just way too predictable. That was, that was a big issue I saw.
0: Yeah. So I, I think Brees Hall is an explosive player, someone you're going to want with the jets for a few years. Um, same thing with guys like sauce Gardner, who he got injured, but I believe he's okay now. Um, but one player who's not okay, and I believe is out for the rest of the season, Elijah Vera Tucker. I know you're a big fan of his. Um, he's a big name there on the Jets' defense. Is he someone who – or how do you think his loss is going to affect the Jets going forward?
1: To be honest, I don't know. I really feel like our O-line you know, saw a, a big improvement these last two weeks. Um, especially against the Chiefs and, you know, against the Broncos, they performed really well. So two weeks of really good O-line play, and it almost seems like uh, now we have to see what we did there and try to replicate it again. I mean, bringing in guys from the bench, and it, it's always tough with an O-line because there's such a big drop-off compared to other parts of the field between your starters and your backups. Now, the Chets do have good backups. I think our struggle on the O-line uh, was really knowing which guys to start and that's why, you know, seeing Tipman play, for example, uh, you know, big improvement to that O-line there. So I really don't know what's going to happen. I mean, Tucker is arguably our best player on that O-line. Um, and, and he usually looks like that. So it's not an easy uh, an easy task to replace a guy like him. Um, so we'll see what the coaching staff can do. I will say, I mean, I think at this point last year, we had about six or seven O-linemen get injured. So we're doing a little better. But, um, but it's going to come out to the backups and, and the guys we've drafted recently, you know, the rookies to step up here. Um, and we'll see how that turns out. I'm definitely nervous. And I think against, uh, the Eagles, a team that we haven't beat, I think since the seventies or eighties, we have the longest losing streak against that organization. So let's see how they can hold up against the Eagles.
0: And the Eagles are currently undefeated. So that'd be quite the, quite the showdown. If you were able to beat them, uh, I had one other thing, and now it's slipping my mind. It, it'll it probably come back to me. It's – oh, duh, it's right there. McColl Hardman. What? I don't know if you've seen the rumors here. He's likely to be traded. The Jets might be looking into trading him. Do you like that move? What do you think you can get for him? I mean, we saw today Van Jefferson. The Rams traded him to the Falcons. Uh, they sent Van Jefferson in a seventh to the Falcons and the Falcons sent a sixth round pick back to the Rams. So that's, I, th- I think that's kind of the same area that McCall Hardman is as far as his age and production. Now, um, would you like to see the, uh, jets go after a trade for Hardman? What do you think they can get?
1: Um, I think the same type of pick swaps, probably the best you could do. Um, it would be awesome if we could see maybe a, a conditional pick where if he gets a certain amount of touchdowns or, you know, how those conditional picks work, perhaps we could get a fifth out of him. Um, I don't know if two teams are going to want to do that in the league right now, though, because Hardman, I mean, at the end of the day, um, he, he's not really starting. He's not really taking snaps. Clearly, it's, he's not the Hardman we know from the last few years. So, I'm very curious to see what we get from him if we do go for a trade here. Um, and I would like to see a trade. I mean, I, I just don't think he's fitting in well with our team. Um, you know, when he was first uh, brought to our team, I really loved it as, as a pickup in the off season. I thought, you know, he's a guy who's performed very well, very consistently throughout these last few years. So I'd love to see some more of him and I'd love to see him on the jets, but I just don't think he's fit in well into the team. Um, I think, uh, you know, with, With uh, Wilson and, you know, the Wilson-Wilson connection, we're seeing that kind of uh, get going a little bit these last two weeks. Um, But we're definitely primarily a running offense. So getting rid of someone like Hardman, especially now that we don't have Aaron Rodgers to pass the ball, I think it's a smart move.
0: Okay. And that that was all I had about the Jets. I thought this was a great win for the Jets, um, helping build Zach Wilson's confidence, even though – not as good as he looked during the Chiefs game, but, hey, he didn't look horrible like we like you said. Um, I, th- I liked that Brees Hall was getting involved now. I think that opens up the offense a lot more. Broncos need to get it together, and Sean Payton needs to close his mouth. That's all I'm going to say on that. Um, you said, though, that you had some words for the New England Patriots. Bill Belichick's coming off of last week the worst loss of his career and I believe this week was the second worst loss of his career so not a great two weeks for the New England Patriots we've heard NFL executives who have stayed anonymous say there's absolutely no talent on the New England Patriots including at the quarterback position Um, what what do you think what did you have to say to the New England Patriots
1: well, my first thought is, why couldn't the Jets beat them? I mean, they're losing to so many other teams. Why couldn't the Jets get in on that? Um, I mean, it hurts me. You know, we, have, we haven't beat them since I was in middle school. So, we definitely want to see something there from the Jets. And we're seeing them, I think, for the last week uh, of the season. It's going to be the season-closing game for us. Um, so, let's see a win there. That, that's that's my first thought. You know, why aren't the Jets getting in on this destroy destroying of the Patriots, right? We need to wreck them, too. Um, but – in regards to the Patriots themselves, I think it's it's kind of a it's an okay time for them as an organization to be down. You know, you're seeing the Dolphins play insanely well, um, you're seeing the Bills do what the Bills have been doing, and the Jets are looking well on the up and up. Who knows how up, but on the up and up. So, it's probably one of the better times for them. In their franchise history to kind of slow down if they did this five six years ago they really would be missing out right so it's okay to have that rebuild um i have a lot of friends who are patriots fans uh my parents moved to new england unfortunately so i have to deal with a lot of patriots fans on a day-to-day basis when i'm back home but i'll say this the patriots as an organization have worked through terrible times multiple times before um and they were lucky to get tom brady right i mean Tom Brady was a guy who was drafted, not really expected to, you know, be the guy he was, but he ended up turning into something amazing, right? And I think Bill Belichick and the Patriots organization, and you realize that, hey, we're not going to get that again. You don't just get a Tom Brady, right? Uh, They need to be able to, as an organization, build up a good defense and offense the way every other team in the NFL has been doing. Because you're not going to be able to bring in the same free agents that they used to bring in. You don't have Tom Brady, quite simply. In um, regards to Mac Jones, I think, quite frankly, uh, there's not really a whole lot there. <laughs> I don't think the Patriots have anything at the quarterback position, as you just now said. And I think for them as an organization, um, they're not going to make the playoffs the next few years unless they turn things around drastically or bring in a really big free agent quarterback. So I think the Patriots are down. Um, I think I've never seen them this down. I'm, I'm a little giddy thinking about how down they are as a team, and the Jets need to swoop in when we meet them in the last week of the season and finally get a win against them. So, we
0: you had this debate with Brady and Belichick with is it Brady or is it Belichick? And then Brady left. He went to Tampa Bay and won a Super Bowl. Belichick hasn't really done anything without Brady. Um, for a while, Belichick was cre- uh, considered the greatest coach ever. And now I think Belichick's getting a little exposed. He's definitely got, I believe he's got the second most wins. He's planning on uh, working until, or coaching until he passes Don Shula, who has the most wins. I'm not sure he's going to get there. I'm not sure Bill Belichick is going to be able to catch up to Don Shula because his this team he's put together isn't it Mac Jones has not shown that he's willing to uh work with offenses I guess I mean it seems like the offense was very split last season between whether he or Bailey Zappi should start and now Mac is starting again um so are you kind of in the same boat with me as to where it was Brady, it wasn't Belichick, or do you still think Belichick could get something done?
1: Well, I think – I actually do think he will beat that that Don Shula record simply because, one, coaches can play until they're really old. Right? Belichick, I don't think he looks unhealthy. He doesn't look like he's going to have to retire for health reasons soon. Unless something like that happens, I think he could work around till he beats that. And here's the thing. There, there are about twenty other teams in the league that would take Bill Belichick like that, right? So there's more twenty other teams in the league that, if he ended his career with the Patriots, would be more than glad to scoop him up. So I think he he does have enough in the gas tank left. Um, in regards to like whether he it was, it was him or Brady, I, I definitely think it was Brady. Um, I, I don't think it's too much of a question of that. Even in regards to like the uh, the, the players he was bringing into the building, it was Brady. Uh, a lot who's attracting the best wide receivers, the best defenders, because when you have a quarterback as good as Brady, you know, you can go to a Super Bowl. So for the non-skilled positions, the guys who are looking for, for a ring, that's a team that can go to chase a ring on. Um, I, I don't think there's too much of a question about that. Um, I think with Bill Belichick, uh, he he definitely is a good coach. I mean, clearly we saw with the field goal blocking that became a big thing, I think in week two of the season, or, or was that week one? I'm not too sure, but wherever that was in this season, that field goal blocking, he understands the game of football enough, and he's seen enough of football where there are plenty of other teams, if the Patriots don't want him, he'll be more than happy to scoop him up. But I imagine if if I was to read Belichick's mind, he's probably going to do a, a, at least a few more seasons with the Patriots and retire because, I mean, he, he understands that fan base, they love him more than anything. Um, he's definitely the greatest Patriots coach, at the very least, of all time. And quite frankly, I don't know if anyone's ever going to beat him to that accolade. Um but yeah, I do think it was Brady.
0: So Belichick is currently seventy one years old, and the record, just so we can get some numbers attached to this, is Don Shula holds most for regular season wins at 328. Belichick is at 299. So it's definitely attainable from a numbers perspective. I'm just not sure this team is gonna be able to get because if they only get three or three to five wins a season that's quite a few seasons and he's already 71 Um, he's getting to where he's pushing it I think unless he goes in and gets it on a technicality where they're like oh yeah he he doesn't call plays or anymore but we put him in as head coach even though he's 85 Um, he's not doing anything but we wanted him to get the record
1: if he's willing to go to a different organization, um, I think there's plenty of weak, conf- uh, weak divisions out there where he can enter in, play in a weak division, beat some, some poor teams a few times a year, and get to that record. I don't know how much of beating that record is on his mind and how much of a goal that is to him. Uh, you said that's something he's trying to do. So if he's trying to do that, I have no doubt he's going to be able to do that. I mean, if he goes to a team like the Commanders, you know, goes uh, – kind of a 50 percent type win season a few of those he'll reach his goal
0: okay okay well we'll see what happens um definitely seeing a slump in the post brady era in new england you know who isn't seeing a slump though and we saw it on sunday night football the team that i am the most scared of that the Bengals have to play this season and people have said it should be the chiefs people have said i should be scared of the bills I am scared of the San Francisco 49ers, man. That team does not lose. That team is complete head to toe. And the guy at the helm is being paid, I believe, less than a million dollars. Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy, he showed up on Sunday Night Football, tore apart what was the number one defense in the NFL in the Dallas Cowboys and him and Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, who hadn't had a touchdown all season, had three. Um, Did you get to watch this game? Did you watch the dissection of the Dallas Cowboys?
1: I was in and out while that game, but I mean, here's what I'll say. When are people going to put some respect on Brock Purdy's name? Okay. People are still disrespecting him saying it's because of the team around him. Clearly that's not true. Okay. I mean, he knows how to play the game of football and he's a, he's very good at it now. Yes. He's probably better because he's on one of the consistently best teams in the NFL for the last few years. But I mean, he's been doing uh, an amazing job of staying consistent, staying healthy, making his reads, making his plays.
0: Yeah. This kind of, And I told you I had not a steam, not a boiling hot take, but a steaming hot take, like a fresh out of the hot shower take. And uh, I think Brock Purdy should be in the MVP talk. I have not seen it at all. I have not seen anyone talking about Brock Purdy. I've seen Tua, I've seen Tyreek, I've seen Christian McCaffrey. All warranted. But at the end of the day, it is a quarterback award. We know that. We know the MVP tends to go to quarterbacks. And so I looked at Tua's stats because he's the other quarterback who I've seen a lot of talk about. He has 1,614 yards, 11 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. Brock Purdy has 1,271 yards, 9 touchdowns, and 0 interceptions. Which, by the way, I believe, let me double-check this real quick. I think he is the last quarterback to have not thrown an interception. Oh, nope, C.J. Stroud still has not thrown an interception. So C.J. Stroud and Brock Purdy are the only two quarterbacks left to have not thrown an interception this season. Brock Purdy has never lost a game that he both started and finished. The only game they've lost is that NFC Championship game where he got hurt. And that's going back to last season. This dude is clearly good. I mean, you watch the f- – and I know we put we put out a video at one point saying, is Brock the franchise quarterback? Like, not two weeks ago. I, I It's quite the turnaround that I'm having here. But I've been watching him, and I've been, like, attentively watching the way he plays, watching the way he dissects the field. There was a play against the Cowboys, and it turned into a touchdown. Uh, it looked like George Kittle was supposed to take the cornerback and probably the safety with him. And just run, and that was going to open up Ayuk across the middle. Well, what ended up happening is the corner seemed to take Ayuk, and they double teamed him, left Kittle wide open. And Brock would have freaked out if he wasn't this, if he was just this system guy. He's like, that's the guy who's supposed to be open. I'm going to throw to him. No, he saw Kittle was open and said, okay, I'll throw over there. It turned into a touchdown. I think Brock understands Kyle Shanahan's offense, which is one of the most complicated offenses in the NFL because Kyle Shanahan's an offensive genius. Um, He knows when to run. He knows when to audible. He just seems to really get football. Like you said, he's not just a system guy. I think we need to have the conversation about whether Brock Purdy should be the MVP this year. I mean, what do you think?
1: Yeah. I mean, I haven't really thought about that either. I mean, uh the awards are a little, little far off in my head, but – I mean, that's true. I mean, he has been just so consistently uh, a starting level quarterback. Every other starter has has their, their faults, right? I can't really point out too many in Brock Purdy. So, I mean, we'll see what his success is this season. Maybe, maybe, fingers crossed, we could see an, an undefeated season from him. Uh, but Regardless of what happens, I think he's definitely proved that he's a starter-level quarterback, which people were questioning just last season, right? I mean, but he's definitely a starting-level quarterback. I think he's definitely uh, one of the best quarterbacks um, in the NFL. He should be in everyone's top-five conversation at this point in time. In regards to whether he's an MVP, it's a little hard to say just because. To me, an MVP is the most valuable player, the player on that team that um, gives them the most kind of wins above who, who else would be replacing them. And I don't know how many how much of that is true compared to Tua. I think Tua definitely pulls his team along with him, while Brock Purdy is just part of a much better team.
0: Yeah, it. the thing is, though, Brock Purdy is just what he's done. He is so far above what was expected of him, and he has come from so much, and he the way he especially the Dallas Cowboys. Like that is a defense that people have struggled with for years. Dan Quinn is great with that defense. Um, Micah Parsons is a monster and Brock just stood in the pocket. He trusted his guys. He was able to be articulate um, with the football. And honestly, yeah, Christian McCaffrey is probably the most valuable player on that offense. Um, So I don't know that Brock is necessarily the most valuable player on the 49ers offense. But, again, the MVP is a quarterback award, and I hate to say it, and I think Christian McCaffrey really should get it because he's had had a touchdown in 14 games straight now. That's an impressive streak. And the fact that quarterbacks just seem to always get the MVP award is – stupid but it's the way it is and this is the year to do it really I mean Patrick Mahomes is having a bad year Patrick Mahomes has 1,287 yards he's right there with uh Brock Purdy and yardage and that's with the refs help and all we got all those wins that maybe shouldn't be wins you know you had the Jets game and then we had the Minnesota Vikings and we have the Taylor Swift effect going on whatever Josh Allen hasn't been having a great game we've had a resurgence with Joe Burrow maybe maybe he's back I think he's back he looked really good against the Arizona Cardinals but our top five quarterbacks that we usually have haven't been doing great like Mahomes Burrow Allen Jackson Lawrence even Herbert's kind of been iffy I think this is the year for Brock Purdy to step in and get that to a I think you could argue the same thing that he's just got really good offense with because that Dolphins offense is insane too with Hill and Waddle and Mostert. And they had the rookie running back who's now injured, but um, I don't know. I think more people need to be talking about Brock Purdy for MVP.
1: Just what I'll say, December 3rd, they're playing the Eagles. I think that's, that might be, uh at that point in the season, if he's still performing at this level, I think then, yes, he should be MVP. But I want to see how he does uh, going up against better offenses in the next few weeks. The Cowboys, um, you know, they didn't really put up a whole lot of points against him. So let's see those type of games when maybe he's not winning in the third and fourth quarters, when maybe he has to work a little bit harder to get his team back up. You know, looking back at Tom Brady and, and all the games I watched him destroy the Jets on. Uh, so many of them he'd be down in that third and that fourth quarter. I remember one of his last, his last game against us when he was on the Buccaneers, you know, he was, he had to come back against us. Right. Um, and that's the type of quarterback that I think wins an MVP award. Um, so let's see him in those type of positions. These next few weeks, he has some good offenses coming up If the Bengals are back. I have no doubt that Burrow is going to make the connection to number one and perhaps put, you know, three, four touchdowns on the board. Let's see how he does against an offense like that. But I, I do think he is definitely, uh, you know, a top five quarterback in the league.
0: Yeah, 49ers aren't allowed to go defeated. They need to lose in two weeks to the 49 or to the Bengals. Um, after that, they can go and then we'll just beat them again in the Super Bowl. No big deal. Uh, we have beef with the 49ers in the Super Bowl anyway. Also, Brock Purdy did set a record two weeks ago, and I, I believe I got this right. I'm coming from memory here, so I'm sorry if this isn't exactly correct. I believe he had the highest completion percentage of any 49ers quarterback in, that, in a game two weeks ago.
1: I do not know about that. That is
0: very impressive when you consider that Joe Montana and Steve Young both played for the 49ers. Two Hall of Famers there. So – Brock Purdy's got some big shoes to fill, and he's working on it. He might, he might actually uh, be something. I think people should be keeping an eye on him. I take back my video wondering about whether he's the franchise guy. I think he's the franchise guy. Brock Purdy is him. Let's uh, move on, though. I mean, I could rant about that forever. Uh, we got two teams tomorrow a team that we just kind of roasted and a team we alluded to that might be getting some help from the refs. We got the Denver Broncos. Sean Payton coming fresh off a loss from Stan's New York Jets. And then we have the Kansas City Chiefs. I haven't heard whether or not Taylor Swift is going to be at this game or not. Um, Maybe the refs will help her. Maybe they won't. What are you you, uh, excited to see about this game?
1: I mean quite frankly i kind of want both teams to lose so i know <laughs> i know that's never happened before in the nfl but if we could see that that's a good night for me um i think it's going to be a, a a terrible game i think the broncos are going to lose by three maybe four four scores so we'll see how it turns out i think it's going to be a blowout though i mean the chiefs even though they've had their struggles i mean Kelsey is, is supposedly healthy. He's going to be playing, right? Uh, the Chiefs are a relatively healthy team. They haven't had too many injuries. I can think of at least off the top of my head. Um, the Broncos have had some injuries, and you know they're going to come into this game. Uh, after a, a really embarrassing loss. I mean, every single game of the season, they played either a previous defensive, offensive coordinator, or in, the, or in the case of Mike McDaniel, a previous water boy of their own organization. So they've gone up against a lot of guys who had a little bit of beef with them, who, uh, you know, the organization had moved on from. So, I think, uh, I think they're really pushed down as an organization. I can't imagine they're going to feel too great entering this game on primetime television when their only win <laughs> was up against the Cardinals. You know, So it's, it's not a great look for them.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I forgot about the Mike McDaniels thing. That's another one where they, they didn't even give him a chance to interview for their head coaching position, and he'd already worked for them. But, man – This game – yeah, this game is not one that I'm looking forward to watching. It is similar but not different to the Monday night football game, which we'll get to here in a minute because I accidentally skipped over it. But the Thursday night football game, Chiefs versus uh, the Broncos. Mahomes is going to meet up with Kelsey. That's just a given. Pacheco's been insane. Pacheco's like a tornado. I don't know if you've watched him run. I don't want to compare him to Marshawn Lynch. But their running styles are very similar, and that he just like he doesn't waste a move. He's like, and he spins and he spins until you bring him to the ground. He doesn't go down. He makes you take him down. Um, very exciting running style that I love to watch. The Bron—I don't even know who on the Broncos. I maybe Pat Sertain the second on the defense. But who else is there to really watch and be excited for at this point?
1: I mean, the receiving core did not really get involved last week. I think Sutton only had one reception in the game, maybe two. Um, so perhaps Wilson can get something going there. Wilson did look comfortable towards the end of the game. I think when he realized, okay, I need to, I need to play. I need to get something done. Uh, he had two good drives in a row. Um, and then he unfortunately he fumbled that Oh, fortunately for me, uh, he fumbled that <laughs> ball and then everything changed in that game. Uh, th- that was it. That was the end of the end of the game. Um, so we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I'm not, it's just, I think it's going to be a painful, painful match.
0: I mean that but you say like he fumbled and then it got, he got uncomfortable. Chris Jones is going to be in his face all night. So, yeah. I mean, he might fumble again and, if it happens in the first quarter, is this game just going to be a blowout? Uh, I don't really
1: Well, no, I, He didn't really have the ball after the fumble. I mean it more <laughs> in the sense that, like, before that fumble, he was warming up, he was feeling good, he was having some decent drives, and then that fumble just – it was the end of the game. So, oh, okay. there wasn't really a whole lot to it.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, it, it just makes me – I don't know what happened to Russell Wilson either. I don't know if he's just a jerk and his team doesn't like him. there there's kind of those rumors coming out of Seattle, but I don't know how much truth there is to that. It's, it's not a good game. Did you watch Monday night football? Did what's I did? (laughs) You did. Okay. So Jordan love, I thought played terrible, horrible decision-making. Um, along with Josh McDaniels, bad play calling there at the end to go for the field goal, which was missed. I don't understand. Okay, so first of all, let's for put, pretend the rest of the game didn't happen. Pretend the first 58 minutes didn't happen. Josh McDaniels gave them two minutes to win the game. And then Matt LaFleur decided we're only going to pass. Pass, 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 pass. They still had a timeout. He had two drop passes. A.J. Dillon had been running when he got the chance very well, I thought. And then... With, like, 50 seconds left, Christian Watson's open, 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 gets covered. Jordan Love throws the ball then to the end zone, and that's when the pick resulted. Um, The Packers seem lost without Aaron Jones. They seem very confused, which is weird because they had him take a pay cut to stay in Green Bay, and they there's this whole narrative that running backs don't matter. But when they don't have Aaron Jones, then they don't know what to do. And I don't I don't put this all on Jordan Love. I put it on the coaching staff and the offense as a whole because they need to help him. This is only his sixth, fifth, sixth start. The defense, I thought, did their job. Devontae Adams only had 45 yards. And Josh McDaniels did his job of being the most confusing head coach in the history of head coaches. And he kept running the ball with Josh Jacobs that worked and the Packers never seemed to really want to go away from what they were doing on defense. So what did you, what did you see? What did you think?
1: So I did not watch the end of that game, but I did watch most of the the first three quarters. And I mean, what I saw was one Jordan love. It just, he looked uncomfortable more than anything else. And I think, uh, I mean, it's a different situation for him than other quarterbacks we're seeing for the first time this season because he's been in the league for what 4 years now 3 years yeah um he's 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 been there he's been with that team he's been with those players right he's practiced with them at the very least every single week uh so you really want to see more from him um i think both of the teams that played uh just they're, they're teams that aren't really in it, right? They're, they're, I don't think they're really in uh, any large talks. They're not really making a Super Bowl push. So I think it was a result of two poorer teams in the NFL clashing in a primetime slot. By the way, I don't know if you've seen the ads, but I get ads all the time that Amazon Workforce Solutions made the schedule for this year's NFL primetime slots and all of that. Can we not do that again? <laughs> We've had so many bad primetime matches. So. Use a different so, AI. <laughs> yeah, any other AI. Chat GPT, could do a better <laughs> job. But I just think that it was two bad teams going up against each other. That's kind of what you get. It's not going to be a great game. Um, I was really surprised to see Jordan Love look as bad as he did at the very least. He's always been competent, right? He's, he's never really been, you know, a bad quarterback. He's always been competent. He didn't really look competent, competent, especially against the Raiders. You know, they're not, they're not a defense that should be too tricky for you. So it was a, it was a weird game for him. Um, I'd imagine it's perhaps, you know, just a little bit of, of stress in a prime time situation for a guy who hasn't played, you know, that much prime time. So perhaps once he sees a little more of that, uh, he could warm up to it. But yeah, I mean, it was just a, it was just a bad game. It just,
0: okay. The, the, the reason that Josh McDaniels thing bothers me so much is okay. You have Josh Jacobs who got the most yards that he's gotten all season last night. He had 69 yards. Um, he, he has struggled this season, but he was averaging 3.5 yards per carry. He had a touchdown. It was fourth and one, okay? So you run the ball, and then, okay, if you don't get it, you don't get it. I think you get it, though. Then you run the clock down, just from an objective football perspective. Now, what I was doing during this time was pacing around the floor of my living room hoping that they threw the ball to Devontae Adams because I was I was against Josh Jacobs and Jacoby Myers in fantasy. And I only won by one point. So I was really hoping they didn't give it to Josh Jacobs or Jacoby Mm. Myers. And then when I saw the field goal unit come out, I was like, Oh, okay, this is stupid, but I'll run with it. And then I just, I don't understand the rush. And you said prime time. Okay. But, come on. You've got two minutes. Midfield. You you can score a touchdown just chipping back and forth. We've seen it. And Romeo Dobbs and Luke Musgraves had some drops. But he had also thrown two interceptions up to that point. Um, He's been in the league for a while. He's he's the same draft class as Burrow, Herbert, uh, Tua, Hertz. But, I... I don't know that he is who the Green Bay Packers thought he was. And that's mostly because I think that he was held to an unfair standard. A lot of fans and probably a little bit of the organization as well said, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love is the next guy. He's the next Hall of Fame quarterback. And Jordan Love just isn't that guy right now. He has potential, but he's not going to be – a Aaron Rodgers straight out the gate. It's just not going to happen. That's, that's my takeaway. I've also seen this debate and since you're a Jets fan, I'll get your opinion on this. Zach Wilson or Jordan love, who would you rather have?
1: I'd say Jordan love just because of what I've seen through this season. But right now, based on the last week and perhaps the last two weeks, I'm probably going with Zach Wilson Uh, with, with Jordan love. We just haven't really seen that much of him. So it's a little hard to know who he is as a player, uh, what he brings to the table. Um, But I mean, I I don't know. It's, it's, it's not a, it's not really a two great options there. So uh, I'd probably lean towards love though. You've kind of been on the the
0: wave with Joe Namath on Zach Wilson with the he should be out of the league. You and Joe Namath said that the same week. And then you and Joe Namath both apologized the same week and said, okay, maybe not. Maybe we got something here. Maybe this guy can do something good. So at least you're in good company. Yeah. (laughs) But Zach, are you still open to Zach Wilson ever being a starter for the New York Jets? You
1: know, I I think, I think it would be much simpler if you just gave me some calculus problems because that's just <laughs> – it's so hard to tell with him. I mean, it's the inconsistency. Um, I'll, I'll say at the very least his mentality looks way better on the field than it was last season. We saw him blame everyone but himself last season. It looks like he's learned from that. You know, he's hes an adult now. Um, he's taking responsibility for his actions. Um, I don't know. It's really hard to say. i for, for me, the thing I need to see is a few weeks of – Well, I'd say four weeks. Four weeks where we don't see any terrible games. You know, I don't think he was that bad against the Broncos. Quite frankly, I think that increased him in my profile. So I see him as a slightly better quarterback. I don't blame him that much for that interception. I I think he made a lot of really good plays and he made a lot of really good reads. So if he could continue to do that, and hopefully I'm begging, uh, you know, the Jets coaching staff, Hackett, to put a little bit, just a little bit of faith in him, right? They've given him the faith. In that they haven't got another quarterback, in that they've let him start, but in regards to the actual plays he's making and the plays they're giving him, it's just so confusing. Like you're you're basically treating him like the you know like like a star by giving him the position, but then you're treating him like a high school quarterback where it's again run run and then a pass. So it, it's really weird. I, I want to see them give just a little bit more trust in him. Give him some plays. Give him some concepts that he's familiar with and he could work with. Um, and hopefully they do that. Um, I, I, what I've seen so much from this, this Jets coaching staff, and what I'm really worried we could see against the Eagles, is starting the game off being scared and pushed back, right? Starting the game off on your back foot. Because what happens is you're going to go down by two, three touchdowns, which has happened almost, pretty much every game of the season, right? And it's so hard to come back from that. So hopefully the Jets can give him some good plays, plays that he knows uh, that he's comfortable with out the barrel right start the game off give him what he knows to do let him do that don't just run 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 and then punt um and if they do that perhaps we can see uh maybe not a win but i I think we could see a competitive game against the eagles and to me that that's more than enough if we can compete against them um i will say also i mean we had to rid a lot of injuries on defense while that game against the broncos so don't fully blame the defense for struggling at times um but in the end like in that second half of the game they looked elite so if we see that against the eagles um granted the eagles have also had some of the uh some really poor cornerback play so give wilson those shots at you know Joby in the back at those poor cornerbacks let him let him cook as trust would say
0: (laughs) yeah i just watching jordan love the last i'd say three weeks i think i've seen a lot of zach wilson old Zach Wilson in Jordan Love. And now we're seeing this new Zach Wilson, who has definitely matured, as you've said, uh, taking the blame when it's been his fault. Um, I, I don't know. I, there might be a resurgence in Zach Wilson. Those fans that have really gripped on tight and uh, white-knuckled the Zach Wilson fandom might finally get some payoff. Uh, we'll have to see. The NFL is a weird league, but that's why we love it. Um, that's that's all I've got for today, Stan. The Jet fan, did you have anything else you wanted to say before the spiel?
1: No, I mean, I'm just excited for the the next few weeks. Got a lot of great matchups coming up, so keep uh, you know, let's keep doing this, let's keep pushing ahead. The New York Jets, the Bengals, hopefully, uh, get some better seasons going on.
0: Yeah, uh, just one more plug for. The Cardinal Rule, I'm going to be live on his channel tonight at 9 p.m. on YouTube. It's 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you want to hear about the Bengals-Cardinals game, he's a Cardinals fan. I'm a Bengals fan. We're going to talk about it. Uh, Hop on that live stream. Um, And so with that, I will say thank you for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed, please remember to like, comment, and subscribe. We can be found anywhere you listen to podcasts and on YouTube at no butts Show. Our social media pages are no Butts underscore show on Instagram and no butts Show on TikTok. My Twitter is Josh underscore Butts underscore 2001. And if you'd like to reach us, you can email us at Bull Moose Podcast 2 It's the number two at gmail.com. Finally, our spread shop will be in the description. I made a new design. It's pretty cool in my opinion. So check out the merch. Once again, if you enjoyed today's show, like, comment, and subscribe. Until next time, go do something nice for someone.